your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 18th, 2021. Your boy Q here coming off the heels of a victory for the Raiders, 34-24 over the Denver Broncos on the road. And really, I know the score says it was a 10-point win by the Raiders, but uh, they dominated from beginning to the end. And, of course, they gave up a garbage-time touchdown uh, to Denver. And, uh, hey, and to Denver's credit, they uh, came up with an onside kick as well, and they had an opportunity to go down there and make the game a little bit closer, but the Raiders' defense was able to close things out. So uh, the Silver and Black come away with a much-needed victory to improve to 4-2 and two on the season and are tied for first place with the Chargers. And technically, they're really in second place because the Chargers beat them earlier in the season. Uh, but still, 4-2, four 4-2. and, two, four and two. Both teams have a 4-2 and two record, so uh, we'll call it tied for first in the AFC West. So got a lot to talk about on today's show. Very excited about it. And I'd like to thank everyone for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. And I'll just give you a little bit of a tease. Uh, the calls, a lot of positivity. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of excitement that you'll hear coming up in segment number three when it comes to the calls and texts. Segment number two, I want to go over the keys of the game that I had from Friday's show and also hand out game balls. We'll go over the keys, talk about what the Raiders did, what they didn't do, and uh, just kind of get into a deep detail and deep dive into the game, and then I'll hand out the game balls. I'm handing out three game balls for three individuals that I think really deserve it. So we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I always do the news and the notes of the day. Uh, after game day, I just kind of like to break it down, give you the numbers and, and things that stood out to me. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. As I mentioned, the Raiders come away at the 34-24 victory over the Broncos. Uh, Derek Carr, big-time game. 18 for 27, 341 yards, two TDs, had an 85.2 QBR rating and 134.4 passer rating. And a really big deal, man. Only got sacked two times, uh, only lost one yard, and, and one of those was just a scramble that he did. Matter of fact, I think both of them were scrambles. Yeah, both of them were scrambles, uh, and he ended up losing one yard. So uh, not too bad for an offensive line that had been struggling. Uh, Derek Carr did a really good job getting the ball out of his hand pretty quick quickly and still had opportunities to make some down the field shots and hit some down the field wide receivers and come up with some big plays so uh, Derek Carr did a heck of a job on Sunday uh, the running game something that I've been waiting for to really get started uh, still wasn't where it needs to be but it was a lot more impressive and it was a lot more effective on Sunday Josh Jacobs had 16 carries for 53 yards he had a touchdown but he also got involved in the receiving game had one catch for 29 yards that was a screenplay and I couldn't tell you the last time that I saw a Raider running back get a screen pass and those um, for the most part unless you just go to the well too much those are usually open and Josh Jacobs he executes them very well so he had a big time play for 29 yards Kenyon Drake there's been a Kenyon Drake sighting he actually got involved into the action and uh, that was definitely the best game he's played as a Raider but he had four carries for 30 34 yards and a touchdown, long of 18 yards, and then he had two catches for 39 yards and a touchdown, with the long being a 33-yard. But man, I'll tell you, the first or the last two games before Sunday's game, he only had three total touches. He had four carries alone on Sunday, so he got involved in the action and showed what he could do and showed that he can catch the ball in the backfield. That 33-yard touchdown catch was a beautiful pass from Derek Carr, a drop in the bucket to Kenyon Drake, and he ran a perfect route, caught the ball, and got into the end zone. So uh, not like seeing him get involved. And 
especially him and combining with Josh Jacobs, what they could do, uh, they could really be a good one-two punch, which is something that all of us have talked about for the longest. How about the wide receivers? What did they do on Sunday? Henry Ruggs, three catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. Brian Edwards only had two catches, 67 yards, but a very important 51-yard pass completion and run that he had with Derek Carr late in the game uh, that really closed out the game and helped seal the deal of the game. The Raiders set themselves up uh, to kick another field goal and put some more points on the board, but uh, some big-time plays right there from Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. Both plays, both players were able to uh, stretch the field, and Derek Carr was able to hit them. And uh, I know Derek Carr, when he throws that ball deep it's kind of a lob he kind of just floats it down there but man anytime he does I really feel confident in the ball uh, being completed just because again he doesn't throw those balls that often but when he does he usually has a pretty good idea that his player is going to come up with it and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards were both effective on Sunday that's the offensive side of things now Darren Waller he had his his day as well five catches on the day Uh, he got involved in the action pretty early but uh, those are the guys that really stood out to me now I want to flip things out on the defensive side of things because man I'll tell you uh, as a Raider fan first of all I'm sure it's exciting. I know it's exciting for me, but I'm sure it's exciting for all of Raider Nation to see the Raiders actually have a competent defense. And they were, man, they were more than than asked for on Sunday. Uh, The Raiders had five total sacks, and they also created four turnovers. Four turnovers and five sacks. When's the last time you can say that about the silver and black? Mad Max Crosby, six tackles, three sacks. Quentin Jefferson had a sack. Corey Littleton and Damian Square both had half a sack. So that's how you end up with the five total sacks and then the four turnovers, three interceptions and a fumble. Trayvon Merrick comes up with his first career interception. Jonathan Abram has one late in the game that seals the deal. And then Brandon Faison has one as well. Matter of fact, he was the one who got the first interception. He hasn't even been on the roster very long. They picked him up off the Chargers practice squad right after the Raiders lost to the Chargers on that Monday night football game. So he's only been on the squad a couple weeks and already came up with interception. Actually played a pretty stinking good game. I mean, he did a damn good job. He is a guy who's familiar with Gus Bradley's system, and it showed in a major way on Sunday. So shout out to Faison for having a really good day. And then Solomon Thomas, he forced a Teddy Bridgewater fumble, and then uh, Denzel Perryman was able to recover it. So that's how the Raiders came up with their four turnovers. Uh, Very impressive. I was asking for a couple turnovers on the day, but to be able to come up with four of them, three interceptions and a a fumble and a fumble recovery, that is major. So uh, shout out to the Raiders defense because they were really cooking and allowed the Raiders to play their game even when they weren't cooking offensively because there was some times, matter of fact, there was multiple times when the Raiders offense kind of looked a little bit stale, but the defense being able to come up with big plays and get off the field like they did uh, was major and and it's crazy because the very first drive for the the Broncos resulted in a touchdown and they went down the field very easily and I thought oh man it's going to be a shootout but all of a sudden the Raiders defense tightened up and was able to make things happen and really ended up being the difference in this game the offense is going to get a lot of the props because of the numbers they put up and the points they put up but the defense man you've got to give them a lot of props for coming through the way that they did now I did want you to hear a little bit of the post game audio from multiple folks that uh, the Raiders made available to the media including head coach Rich Basaccia who came away with his first victory as a head coach. I know he's an interim head coach, but hell, you can just drop the interim for the rest of the season. I mean, it's going to be him. So he's 1-0 as a head coach, and here is his opening statement. The effort we played with today, we, we've really been playing with outstanding effort. Um, we came up, I think we were plus four in the plus four in the turnovers. Uh, scored on the first drive of the first half, first drive of the second half. Um, did a great job with um, managing time going into the uh, second half and ended up with, with points there at the big touchdown by Canyon. Um, field position off of the kicking game, I thought was um, did a good job. Did a good job of setting our defense after punts and setting our defense on uh, certain, certainly some of the kickoffs early in the game. Um, again, anytime you can have field position like that, drives like that, and then be plus four in the turnovers, uh, you have a chance to win. So 
I'll uh, be happy to take anybody's questions. So there's Rich Versace right there, just an opening statement about the overall play of the game. And uh, he's right. The energy that the Raiders came out with, uh, it was it was obvious that uh, they were there for a purpose. You know, they were out there uh, to prove who they were and go get a victory and take it from Denver. Going to take that victory right from them. And uh, that was obvious from the beginning uh, as they came away with the first opening drive touchdown uh, all season long. Matter of fact, it had been, what, 11 games with no opening drive touchdowns, and they were able to go out there with a bunch of energy and a bunch of intensity and make that happen on Sunday. So uh, Rich Basaccia also was asked if he ever felt overwhelmed as being the head coach with everything going on in the game. Here was his answer. Pretty cool answer. Here he is. No, I, you know, the best part for me was to be able to get on the grass. I mean, the most, the worst part for me was figuring out the headset. And uh, so once you get on the field and the game goes, and a lot of my responsibilities were the same. And again, it was really good dialogue between myself and, and Ole and, and um, myself and, and Gus and, and I'm talking to Tim about game management upstairs. So um, again, it was really collective um, uh, effort going through the game. Oh, there's a button on there and I got to press it if I want to talk. And if I want to go to Bird by myself, I got to press that. And back in the day when I wore a headset, we didn't have all them buttons. So there he is. He talked about the dialogue between him and the other offensive coordinators and other coaches in general. And I thought it was kind of cool talking about the thing that gave him the biggest issues was the headset because they didn't have all those buttons when he used to wear a headset. As a special teams coordinator, he never had to worry about a headset. So he had to figure out how this new school headset actually worked. But uh, I thought that that was a pretty cool answer. How about Derek Carr? Uh, he was asked about how difficult it was to go on the road and do what they do without their head coach and, you know, looking for leadership. Here's Derek Carr on that. Well, I'm still here, you know, as a leader. Uh, Max is still here. Yannick, uh, Darren, you know, uh, Josh, Alec. Um, I'm stop naming people before I forget. But you know, we still have um, we still have our our room of guys, our leaders, right? And uh, more more now than ever, you know, we had to step up and be a voice, you know. And uh, and it's fair to think that way, obviously, with everything that's going on. Um, uh, again, no, there'll be a time for the emotions of all of that. Uh, but now is not the time. You know, we have time. We um, if anything, what this did is brought us really, it for sure brought us closer um, with talking with the guys and meetings and all that kind of stuff. Um, proud of where we're at uh, and glad uh, for our organization to get a win. You know, we needed a win bad uh, this week. Um, you know, sometimes when you get punched in the gut, it's hard to bounce back, but we were able to do it. So um, we definitely needed it. We got one and it, it definitely feels good. So there's Derek Carr, and he's right, man. The team really needed that win on Sunday. Uh, the team, the organization, the players in the locker room, I mean, I think everyone, Raider Nation, needed that victory in a major way, especially against the Denver Broncos. And I know uh, damn well that Denver probably felt like, hey, man, uh, we're going to kick these guys while they're down, and they didn't get that opportunity to do that. And so that was extra special. My final soundbite that I want you to hear is from Derek Carr and what he thought of Greg Olson as the play caller. Hasn't called plays in about five years. He was with Derek Carr his rookie year with the Raiders, but it's been a while. So what was Derek Derek Carr's thinking of Greg Olson as the play caller. I thought it was great. I thought he had a great flow of the game. He's his communication, his tone in the headset. Um, you know, there's so many little things that matter. You know, especially for quarterbacks. Um, you know, his, his uh, he was getting the plays into me so early, so I have time at the line of scrimmage to either go fast or you know I, I can push the tempo or I can you know you know trick them. You know, get get we got an offsides because all he's pushing the tempo in the headset, and I can get the guys where I need to get them and stuff like that. You know. Um, and it was very, it was very smooth. So I know, uh, you know, there's probably a few times in the headset where you know he may have, you know, thought to say one thing and said another. Uh, uh, but that happens regardless of who's in. Trust me, you know who's calling it in there. You know, we, uh, it, basically, if they say the play, I know what they mean. You know, and uh, he was, I mean, for everything that he had to deal with, 
um, this week, um, and then being thrust into calling plays for the first time in a, in a while, uh, I thought he crushed it. Uh, honestly, I, I thought he was great. His demeanor on the sideline, all that, he was he was awesome. So there's Derek Carr talking about Greg Olson and his play calling. I thought he did a really good job as well. I thought they were really balanced. I think that was the most important key to the whole thing is that the offense was balanced. He threw 27 passes, and the Raiders ran the rock, what, 23 times? So I'll take that. I think that that's a great balance. It allows that that play action to work because teams actually think that you're going to be able to run the ball or that you're going to run the ball. So play action is that much more effective. And, of course, that's something that the Raiders thrive on is play action. And Derek Carr did it really well. And the offense in general did it really well on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, Greg Olson, shout out to Greg Olson. And please, please believe that won't be the last time we talk about him on today's show. Uh, coming up in segment number two, going to hand out game balls, going to talk about the keys to the game. I had a bunch that I rolled out on Friday. I'm going to go through those, see how the Raiders did as far as the keys that I thought the game was going to, how it was going to boil down, what it was going to come down to, and then also hand out the game balls for the people, the players that I thought stood out in a major way. That's all coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about DirecTV Stream, and I'm sure that somebody could have used DirecTV Stream on Sunday, right? Right? because you got a device that lets you catch up on the game live. you got another device that you're streaming your favorite shows. Maybe the kids are doing that. Then you're watching sports highlights on your phone. Well, there's a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally put your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Time to look back at the keys to Sunday's game that I had on Friday, uh, the way I thought that the Raiders could come away with the victory, see what the Raiders did, see what they didn't do, and, uh, you know, see who should get a game ball as the Raiders came away with the 34-24 victory over the Denver Broncos, improving to 4-2 and two on the season, 4-1 and one in conference play, which is a big deal. They're 1-1 one one in the AFC West, but 4-1 and one in conference play is going to be a big deal down the stretch of the season while the Raiders are trying to position for playoff uh, positioning. So let's go ahead and take a look at my keys to the game and see how the Raiders did. Offensively, I said Derek Carr needed to be aggressive with the ball. Well, he threw for 341 yards and had multiple times that he stretched the field. The Raiders had about seven or eight plays that went for more than 20 yards on the day, and that is a big deal. And I don't think that it was one of those he uh, was aggressive with the ball because John Gruden wasn't there. I think he was aggressive with the ball because he knew he needed to be aggressive with the ball. The run game hadn't been cooking for the Raiders as of late so far this season, and it really needed to be. And so he came out with the purpose, threw the ball around the yard, uh, but also still ran the ball and was able to be effective with the run, but just some of the, the nice passes that he had and the way he was able to get the ball to Drake deep, get it to Edwards deep, Ruggs for the very first touchdown, you know, went to Ruggs multiple times. When you have a guy that goes for three catches and 97 yards, you know he's getting the ball down the field. You know, Brian Edwards, that big 51-yard play he had down uh, towards the end of the game, those are, those are on like third and short calls, you know, so that's being aggressive with the ball, in my opinion. So uh, Derek Carr, aggressive with the ball, check. He was that. 
get Darren Waller involved early? I say he was involved pretty early. I mean, it wasn't one of those games where they just fed him the ball all throughout the game. He had five catches on 59 yards, or five catches for 59 yards on five targets. So uh, every ball that came his way, he caught it. Uh, again, it wasn't a huge Darren Waller day, but just getting him involved in the game early lets everyone know that, hey, this guy is going to be a factor in the game, and, and we got to pay attention to him. And I think the Raiders did a good enough job with that. Again, it wasn't one of those super Darren Waller games, but he was involved enough to let everyone know that he was there on the field. And uh, my final key offensively was make sure Von Miller doesn't wreck the game. This was really paying attention to the offensive line. The Raiders offensive line has been struggling, but Colton Miller did a good job. John Simpson did a good job. Andre James did a good job. Alex Leatherwood at the right guard position. And then Brandon Parker at the right tackle position did a good job. Was it perfect? No. But Von Miller only had one quarterback hit in the game. So uh, that means he did not wreck the game. Matter of fact, I think there was a time about the third quarter when the announcers in the game said, I don't even know that Von Miller is out here on the field. I don't even know where number 58 is. And so they did a really good job. The Raiders, that is, did a really good job of slowing down Von Miller and made sure that he did not kill the game as the Raiders defense did a really good job of killing the game and, and disrupting Teddy Bridgewater and making him have a really bad game. Uh, Von Miller did not do that to Derek Carr. So uh, the offensive line, they had a really good game. So those keys to the game offensively that I had, the Raiders checked every one of those boxes. Now, let's look at the defensive side of things. My first key to the Raiders' victory uh, defensively was stop the run. Well, they didn't really do that. I mean, they did it at times, but the Broncos still ran for 112 yards. I thought that they were more effective than they probably should have been. So I won't say that the Raiders checked that box. Now, again, they didn't get killed by it, but it wasn't that effective either. And the reason why it was okay that the Broncos ran for 112 yards is because, well, my other key to it was pressure Teddy Bridgewater. The Raiders pressured Teddy Bridgewater all day long. They made him look so uncomfortable. Uh, man, I'm telling you, this guy got sacked five times and got hit 17 times. I mean, this dude was hobbling off the field. And again, the Raiders weren't out there maliciously trying to hurt him or anything. But man, they were hitting him. They were hitting him hard. He had folks in his face the whole game. Max Crosby coming with three sacks. And I'll say this, man. Unique Ngakwe doesn't have the big sack numbers. He only has two so far on the season. But he is making Max Crosby be that much better just from being across from him I, and you could just see it that they cannot key in on Max Crosby and that allows him to keep working and working and working and have days like he did on Sunday when he came away with three sacks but he was in the quarterback's face all game and Gakwe was in the quarterback's face all day and I'll say this there was there was pressure up the gut you know the defensive tackles they came up with some pressure as well which is something that the Raiders have lacked uh, a lot but they've been getting they've been getting quite a bit this year and so uh, it's nice to see they get that kind of pressure with the front four and they're getting it from all over. They're getting it from the edges and up the gut. And so uh, Teddy Bridgewater was under duress throughout the whole course of the game. So you could double check that box. Put pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Put two checks in that box. And then the final one, create a turnover or two, steal an extra possession. Yeah, the Raiders did that in a major way. Created four turnovers, three interceptions and a fumble. Yeah, they got the ball back to the offense multiple times. And, you know, there was one opportunity when uh, they got that first interception, Faison's interception. It went for no points. The Raiders didn't score, and then they tried to kick a field goal, and Carlson missed a 43-yarder. So at first I thought, man, what an empty possession. They, got, they created a turnover. They don't create a bunch of turnovers, but they finally get one, and then they get no points. 
Well, don't worry because they came up with multiples. You know, Solomon Thomas came up with a big sack on Teddy Bridgewater or a fumble, knocked the ball out of Teddy Bridgewater's hands, and Denzel Perryman was able to come up with that. Jonathan Abram had an interception that really sealed the deal of the game, and Trayvon Merritt got his first career interception and then was able to return it 39 yards as well. That was another big play for the Silver and Black. So just to be able to create that many turnovers, that's something that the Raiders have been talking about for weeks. Got to get more possessions. Got to get, you know, the ball in, in plus side of the field, and they did that multiple times, put a lot of pressure on that Broncos defense and the Raiders were able to capitalize and turn it into 34 points total for the game so uh, yeah you could double check that one as well the defense did a hell of a job on Sunday so now who gets the game balls and there's a lot of different guys that I could point out and say oh yeah this guy deserves a game ball this guy like I could say Max Crosby and his three sacks that deserved a game ball right no doubt about it I'm sure he got one from head coach Rich Basaccia but I'm going to keep it simple you know I'm going to use that kiss method keep it simple stupid I'm going to keep it simple I'm going to give a game ball to head coach Rich Basaccia for stepping in and having to fill that role that was not an easy role to fill, uh, sliding in for his his friend, his mentor, a guy who gave him an opportunity to even coach in the league, in John Gruden. I mean, that that none of that could have been easy for Rich Basaccia to hold that down, but he did. Uh, he met with the media earlier in the week. That was something that I'm sure wasn't easy with him to do, but he did it, and he made it happen. So off top, head coach Rich Basaccia, he gets a game ball. Offensive coordinator Greg Olson, first time he calls plays in about five years, and he calls that kind of a game. Again, I mean, he calls plays that, you know, Coach Gruden had been calling forever, but just a little bit different, you know, a different voice. You can tell that they were a different different repetition of calls. And nobody, no two guys are going to call the game the same, even if they're doing the same plays. You can have the same variety of plays, but guys are going to call them in a different sequence. And you can see that from Greg Olson. I thought he mixed and matched it and did a really good job. You heard Derek Carr in segment number one said that he crushed it. It was awesome. He did a great job. And I think he did. I think Greg Olson did a really good job. So you definitely want to give him a game ball. I mean, if the Raiders go out there and – Derek Carr throws for over 300-something yards, and, and the Raiders also get 80-something yards on the ground, uh, 27 passes and 23 runs. That's a really well-called game from offensive coordinator Greg Olson calling the game for the first time in five years. So hopefully he keeps that up. And then finally, I'm just going to hand it off to uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. I think he deserves a game ball for what he's been able to do with this defense, not just on Sunday, but throughout the course of the season so far. I mean, again, the defense is what allows the Raiders' offense to not hit the, the panic button and think that they have to to press they can stay within themselves and just play because they get the ball back and I'll tell you again I was very cautious and very concerned about the Raiders defense after the first possession for the Broncos they marched right down the field and got a touchdown that was the first touchdown they had scored in 25 games that took them all the way back to 2019 on their first drive of the game and they went down there and it looked like a hot knife and butter they just slid through that Raiders defense and so I thought man it's going to be one of those kind of games huh but then they, they were able to tighten up. They tightened up and, and made life very difficult on the Broncos throughout the rest of the course of the game. Anything that the Broncos scored, they earned because the Raiders were in their business the whole game trying to trying to make something happen. So, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a big-time performance by that defense, and the, the leader of that defense is Gus Bradley. Now, again, you can give credit to any of the other coaches. You can give credit to all the players that are on that defense. That's fine, but just handing out one ball, I'm going to go ahead and hand it to defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. So those are the game balls I'm giving out for Sunday's victory, 34-24 over the Broncos. Head coach Rich Basaccia, he gets one. Offensive coordinator Greg Olson, he gets one. And defense 
defensive coordinator Gus Bradley gets one as well. So I'd love to hear from you, 707-654-4693. Who do you think deserves a game ball? Uh, you could break it down with players. I think the coaches really deserve this one, uh, especially dealing with everything that they had to deal with throughout the course of the week and still having the players uh, ready and, and they're having their mind right, ready to play. So I thought that that was a, a tall task that they did. But I would love to hear from you again, 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up next. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors, including Built Bar. And we all know I've been telling you about Built Bar for a very long time and all the different flavors of Built Bar that they have. Uh, got the email over the weekend that Cookie Dough Chunk is still available. That's one of those limited time flavors. Rocky Road is still available. Strawberry Puffs is still available. Cherry Lime and a host of others. So there's plenty of different flavors to choose from. Whatever you like the best is the one you can get. If one of those limited time flavors is the ones that you really like, you might as well go ahead and get it right now because you never know how long it's going to last. It's always while supplies last, and supplies don't last long. So get on it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Get yourself a really good taste of protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar, but instead it's good for you. So while you're watching the Raider game, how nice was it to not really be sweating it towards the end of the game? That's the first time that that's happened this season, right? Yeah, you could have been sitting back enjoying a built Bar while you watch the, the time tick off the clock, Raiders and Broncos, as they came away with the victory. If you're going to go order yours now, do it at BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you go check out. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. I also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag and we all know that right now is the number one time a year for all betting, and that's because it's football season. Both pro and college football is all going on right now. BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all football action. They got the updated site, the interface, more odds, props, and contests. You can go to the website right now on your mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The way you do that, you got to use the promo code Locked On. Again, promo code Locked On will get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Football is not all that they got you covered in, though. Basketball, it is on the way. They got boxing. They got UFC. They got your Vegas casino games. Of course, baseball is going on. The playoffs are going on. Hockey is back. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and they're where the game starts. Betonline.ag. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's start things off with Joe in Kansas City. He's calling following the game to give his thoughts on the game and the fallout of the John Gruden situation. Here he is, Joe in Kansas City. What's up, Q? This is Joe in Kansas City. Man, uh, we're 4-2. and two, And, uh, you know, watching this game, I just, before the game even started, with everything that went on during the week and all of the uh, uh, stuff going on with uh, Gruden and, and with the Raiders organization and how uh, stressful it's just been on the fan base, um, I just, you know, it sucks – uh, with what happened and how Gruden um, was taken out of uh, um, his words were, were, were brought up and stuff in the past and how he was basically just forced out of his uh, position. And, and it was just an ugly situation. Um, but I, I do, as, as bad as it sounds, think that was a blessing in disguise um, due to our, uh, our, you know, so predictable play calling. Um, I know the Raiders started off hot this year, 3-0, and um, and then we lost two in a row. But it was almost those two games we lost, it was almost as if 
the defense knew exactly what our offense was doing. Um, they had no issue getting to Carr and, uh, and, and just making us look, uh, just like nothing. Like we weren't a three and O team. And I think it had to do with, uh, some of the play calling and, and, uh, just the old school style. I think that Gruden, uh, was trying too hard to run the ball. And I know you need to run the ball in order to have a, an explosive offense, but it just wasn't going for us. And so, uh, watching this game, just seeing how the Raiders came in hot. And uh, we finally scored on our opening drive, and, and it was just different this game. I, and I had a gut feeling that with Carr and uh, Olsen um, reuniting with that play calling and, and, and that relationship they have, I had a good feeling that Carr was going to have a good game today, and he did. And so, um, you know, I know it was really gloomy for Raider Nation, but I think Raider Nation needs to keep their heads up. Um, there may be brighter days ahead. So uh, that's all I got. We're 4-2. and two. Let's go Raiders. There he goes. That's Joe in Kansas City. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. I think that the play calling had a nice little shot in the arm. I really do, because uh, you're never going to see two play callers call the same game. I mean, me and you could call the same exact plays, and we wouldn't call it the same exact way. We just wouldn't. I mean, it's just it's just how it is. I mean, it's just it's just a, a chess match. It's a checker match. It's you know, it's really more chess than checkers uh, because you're thinking about a play in the first quarter that you're playing then to set up in the third quarter. And you know, it's just it's just the way that you go about making it happen. So uh, you know, we'll see if they can stay consistent with that. I think that they possibly can. Uh, but also, defense has never had an idea of what Coach Olsen's play calling looked like. You know, I mean, they knew the plays. Again, they knew the scheme and everything because it's all the same, but just never really knew how he was going to implement it, how he's going to put his twist on it. So we'll see what happens. But, again, I mentioned it multiple times in this show. You throw the ball 27 times, you run the ball 23 times. That's a very balanced attack, and that's a recipe for a successful game, as the Raiders had on Sunday. Thank you for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Next up is a text from Paul and Luke in the ATL. Hey, Q. Paul and Luke in the ATL, what a performance by the Raiders. For us, we aren't going to go mention former coaches. We are focused on the present. And Basaccia, Olsen, and Bradley did a great job today. Do you think today represents a new approach where we are going to be more dedicated to the run and getting Drake involved also? And man, Mad Max, favorite Raider right now. He was unstoppable today. Really think if we can win next week against the Eagles and go into a well-timed bye week at 5-2, and two, all the drama could be a distant memory, and this team could be a major factor in the AFC. So pumped right now. Raiders. That's from Paul and Luke in the ATL. And I'll say this. Uh, first of all, tip of the cap to you guys. Uh, I think that highlighting Basaccia, Olsen, and Bradley was a smart thing, uh, and not just because I gave them game balls, but I think because they deserved that. What they were able to get through and what they had to deal with throughout the course of the week and finally had those guys reared up, tuned up, ready to go on Sunday, and they did that, that was big time. And getting Kenyon Drake involved was huge. I mean, it really was. And so if we could start to see that guy that everyone thought that, that we were going to see as fans when they signed Drake, then, man, then all of a sudden the Raiders could be onto something, you know. And as far as Mad Max Crosby goes, yeah, he's playing some really good ball. Came up with three sacks, but he was so effective. And, look, this dude's been a monster all season long. He doesn't have uh, the huge sack numbers, having five so far in the season, but he's been playing some really good ball. And then on top of that, I do believe he's benefiting in a major way from Unique Ngakwe being across from him as well. They just can't key in on one guy, and uh, it just gives him another opportunity to eat. And really all those guys are getting pressure on the quarterback on Sunday, so you got to give a lot of credit to those dudes but thank you so much for that text it's always good to hear from you i appreciate you next up is a call from underrated raider he's calling to talk about the game plan and how excited he was about the play calling here he is underrated raider q it's your boy underrated raider now that's how you call a game bruh that's how you call a game bruh man 
bro, offense did their thing today. Defense did their thing. I don't know who was calling plays, bro, Greg Olson or Derek Carr, but please keep on with it. We actually ran a screen to the running back, bro. Josh, man, when was the last time you seen the screen, bro? Oh, my goodness, dude. Carr was on point. Rugs was on point. I'm liking what I'm seeing, dude. If we keep playing like this, Bruh, we 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 we're about to be a force to be, uh, be reckoned with for sure, bro. Uh, I mean, defense, dude. Max, what do you have? Three three sacks. Perriman out there hitting everything that moves. Nate Hobbs, that might have to be the next jersey I get because he's really like that. Nate Hobbs is that guy, bro, for sure. Man, I'm pumped, bro. Uh, after everything that's gone on, bro, this past week, and to come back, go to Denver. And put it on them, bro. Get all in their ass. All side of me, bro. We did that for real. Man, Q, we're four and two, bro. Raider Nation, stand up, bro. Be proud, bro. We did that, dude. Man, dude. Hey, Raider Nation for life, baby. There he goes. That's underrated Raider right there. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And as I said earlier, the game was very balanced. Greg Olson, that was one of the things that stood out to me in a major way. He was calling the plays for the first time in about five years, and he was very balanced. He didn't fall in love with the pass, even though it was effective. He didn't fall in love with the run, trying to force it to happen. He was very balanced. 27 passes, 23 runs is a big deal, and they both complemented each other really well. Crosby balled out. The defense in general balled out, in my opinion. Uh, just, It's really nice, first of all, to be able to say and have confidence that the defense is going to go out there and do what they're supposed to do really nice and hey tip of the cap to Jonathan Abram he's playing some good ball too I've been very critical of Abram so far in his career but he's really comfortable in that position that he's playing big interception at the end of the game to seal it and it wasn't an easy interception it's not like uh, you know Teddy just floated it and uh, it fell into his hands I mean he had to actually make the play and he did so shout out to Jonathan Abram as well I know I didn't give him a game ball but shout out to Jonathan Abram for the way he's been playing in general uh, next up is a text from Eric out the 401. He says, hey, Q, Eric from the 401 again. So good to see his team come out fast and score quick. I'm glad to see that the coaching situation seemed to have solidified the team. They played a great game. Let's be honest. They dominated that game for the most part. Had it not been for the Broncos getting that late TD, it would have been nearing a blowout territory. Team looked as good or better than it did the first three weeks. Can't wait to see how the rest of the season goes. Thanks for always being you and doing the best Raiders show around. Raider Nation, just one, baby. That's from Eric out the 401. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough sledding. You know, a lot of times when teams have adversity, especially off the field, they'll be able to rally, especially that first week on the field. I just want to see if they're able to keep with it, you know, because it's not going to be easy. Look, Rich Basaccia is a first-time head coach, so there's going to come times where he's going to have to lean on these guys. I think it's very beneficial to him that there's so many multiple former head coaches on the squad. You got Tom Cable, you got Rob Marinelli, and, of course, you've got Gus Bradley as well. So to be able to have those three guys to lean on when he's not too sure, I think that's going to go uh, a long way as well. But, uh, yeah, it's a long season. You know, they still have 11 more games guaranteed, and if they can qualify for the playoffs, then they'll have more. So uh, Rich Basaccia, he's learning on the fly, uh, but I think he's a good guy. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think that all the players like him and want to play for him. So that's a step in the right direction. Matter of fact, that's almost about two steps in the right direction. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. And I got time for about one more call on today's show. We're going to get that from ABA Ivan Davis. He's calling to talk about the game and give credit to multiple players and or a unit. Here he is, ABA Ivan Davis. Dun, 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 dun. This is ABA Ivan Davis a.k.a. Golden Tiger. 
But anyway, the reason I called is, first of all, congratulations to the Raiders. That was a dominant performance. They almost put together a complete game, but the defense was an absolute beast. All day long, we harassed Teddy Bridgewater, and it wasn't until the garbage time at the end of the game that Denver even was able to move the football. Also, I want to give credit to the offensive line. Yeah, there was a few penalties in there, but all day long we did just enough to move the football and take some pressure off Carr until Carr got going. And also, I think we witnessed the birth of a new number one receiver in Henry Ruggs. Okay, and also Edwards stepped up late with that spectacular catch down the sideline. The offense, I think, is beginning to come into its own. And I have a final message for the National Football League. You failed. You stacked a schedule thinking that the Reds was going to lose against three of the most physical teams in the NFL. We took a beating, sure, but we overcame that. Now the cupcakes come. We get to eat on the rest of the schedule now, other than the Kansas City Chiefs, and they look ordinary. If I was the Chiefs, I'd be, I'd be scared still looking at the Raiders because now it's going to be a, there's a dogfight in the West, boy, okay, Corral. Shootout in the West for the rest of the season, I think. I think it's going to be a dogfight to the finish. Every one of these games, no matter who we play in our division, is going to be knockdown, drag-out fights. But never mind that. Let's go ahead and get win after win after win. I guess the next toughest game will be the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be really tough on Thanksgiving Day. But anyway, uh, we get to eat. Okay, and these are big wins because we're going to need them all, including the ones in our division. So uh, another big win. This is Raider Ivan, a.k.a. Uh, ABA Golden Tiger, out. Oh, Raiders. There he goes. That's ABA Ivan Davis, and uh, thank you for the call. And, yeah, the offense looked good for sure, man. Ruggs, Edwards, they look really good. And the defense, well, the defense, they've been major. They really have. They've been a major factor all season long. Now, I'll say, don't count out the next few teams. You know, I know that the Eagles aren't very good. I know the Giants aren't very good. But do not, do not just say, hey, the Raiders are going to get that. No doubt about it. They're going to breeze through that. Don't do that. Because then all of a sudden you'll be calling, talking about how pissed off you are. Can't believe that the Raiders lost that game. Look, these teams aren't just going to bow down to a team. No team in the league is bound down. I don't care how bad you are. They're going to go out there and try to compete and try to win games. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The Eagles have had some very competitive moments. I mean, they just about gave Tampa Bay some, uh, some, some business last week. And then the Giants, I mean, they, they do their thing as well. So, again, it hasn't resulted in wins. They haven't found ways to finish games. But they're a competitive team, man. If you're not out there on your A game, They'll beat you. So I, I caution everyone, man, do not sleep on these teams that are coming up just because you look at them and say, oh, well, their record's not very good, going to breeze through those guys. There is no easy wins, in my opinion, in the NFL. Some are a little, little bit more manageable than others, sure, but easy wins, nah, I don't, I don't think so. So just be very careful. Enjoy this win, but realize there's a tall task in front of them coming up this week at Allegiant Stadium in the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, that's all I got time for on today's show. Again, ABA Ivan Davis, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Thank you, everyone. Hit us up, either text or call. I got a text from Dustin from West Virginia coming up tomorrow. Grumpy-ass Mexican had a call. Text from Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Got that coming up on tomorrow's show. Plus, of course, news and notes of the day. Rich Basaccia will meet with the media a little bit later on this afternoon about 1 p.m. So we'll hear from Coach and see what he's got to say. And, of course, we'll have more stuff to talk about on tomorrow's show. So that's it uh, for today, Raider Nation. Congratulations on the dub. 
It was a much-needed dub for the Raiders. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.